Hey listeners, welcome back to Topics with Tim, Next Level Health. Thank you for joining me. This is Friday, which means it is time for some sports, baby. Let's go. Before I get into the sports, though, and mostly it's going to be the NFL draft. Let's be real. That just happened. Let me just, uh, yeah, I'll give you a little update on my life for those of you that care about what's going on in my world here. I actually just recently auditioned for a role. It was kind of crazy. I had to drive out to Auburn. I had my, you know, my sticker of who I was trying out for. I was trying out for this character called Tom Phoenix. I got to go in this kind of legit place. They had a green screen. They had a camera. They had three or four different, you know, crew member, different people. And I auditioned. Unfortunately, I kept screwing up one of the lines. Mm, so frustrating. But they said they had another role that I might be good for. And so I applied for that. And so I'm hoping to get a call back for that one. They said I had a really good build. And there's a bouncer role that has some fighting. And I told them, hey, I you know, kickboxed for a couple years and trained that for a couple years. So I know my fighting skills. I'm pretty, you know, I've weightlifted a lot recently. So I'm pretty big and bulky. So maybe I could play a bouncer. So hoping that that pans out. Met some cool people as well who I got connected with. And they gave me some more resources as far as how to find more acting gigs. So definitely trying to scratch that itch and see if, you know, I can make it into some shows and, I've always loved acting, and I'm an improv group, for those of you that don't know, as well, on Tuesdays. I'll eventually be doing a show for that, so if you ever want to, if you're interested, I'll tell people on the pod when that's going to be, if you want to come out and watch my improv show. But yeah, I love acting. That's a little side gig, a little side thing there. Other than that, again, I'm continuing to build my podcast. I'm continuing to build my YouTube channel. I had, hopefully you liked the guests I had on this week. I had Mark and I had Alan on this week for Gym Junkies, so they brought a lot of awesome content to the table. I've got part two of Alan's conversation next week, as well as part one of my conversation with my buddy Rob, who I used to train with at Nine Round. Really cool guy, a writer, just a, man, he's a such a cool, one of the more positive people I've ever met and been around, so I'm really excited to for you to hear from him and his story on Gym Junkies. So look forward to that next week. And I got some awesome guests lined up as well. I got Matt Kitty, shout out to you, who's going to be on after that. And then I have my uh, Robert, who is roommates with my buddy Tyler. Shout out to you, Tyler. I know you listen. He's going to be coming on the following Monday. And he is a lawyer, a public defender, actually. And so I'm really excited to pick his brain. And we're going to hear a lot of lawyer stories and a lot of awesome just understanding the, what's life what's life like to be a lawyer these days. That is the question. So... Love what I got going on with the pod. And again, I'm looking I'm looking to move towards offering some nutritional coaching for those of you that are interested. Again, I just love, you know, someone who has studied nutrition for the last six, seven years and I feel like has really got it dialed in. And also someone who has struggled with mental health and has spent the last six, seven years studying mental health and having to get mentally healthy. I feel like nutrition and emotion and sort of mental health can kind of really tie in a lot together. A lot of the way we eat kind of really is the way we think. And so, of course, there are information that you need nutritionally, but there's also an emotional, mental component to just the way you think about food, your relationship with food, how you view it, how you view yourself. Obviously, you know, you could eat poorly because you don't view yourself well, and therefore those emotions kind of feed a, a cycle of eating. So I'd love to offer that to people. If that's something you're interested interested in, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Instagram, and we can see if we can set something up for that. I'd love to to break into that field and just help people, help people grow nutritionally, give them, you know, someone who can be accountable, keep them accountable, someone who can help them build a meal plan and give them the information and the goals that they need to, you know, take their health to the next level, which is what my all my podcast is really about. Not all of it, but most of it. 
because I just love you know being able to take people and help them just become healthier. That's my whole. That's a big passion, a big calling in my life is, is to uh, improve the the health of everyone around me, all the people I interact with, and just to make an impact in that way. So hopefully, listener, you have gotten something out of these podcasts and you have grown and taken your health to the next level. And so you know, I please ask just you know one person that you interact with during the day, just tell them about my podcast, tell them about my YouTube channel, tell them to check it out. And tell them like, hey, this guy's looking to, you know, help you improve your health, take it to the next level. If you're looking for that, you know, check out his pod, check out one of his episodes, check out one of his videos on YouTube, right? Just just one person is all I ask to help uh, get the word out. I'm also looking to see if I can get on some other people's podcasting shows as well. So I can just continue to gain more of a following here. And again, just try to make more of an impact on the world. So thank you for everyone who's been with me on this journey so far. And I'm excited uh, where it's going to go. Very excited. All right, with that being said, let's hop right into the sports. And we're going to be talking NFL because that's mostly what's going on. The NBA is in this weird phase where this is the time of year where you get all the teams that are pretty much dead set on tanking. So they're just playing all their young guys. They're benching people for phantom injuries. And then you got the teams that are sort of at the top of the league and they're kind of fighting for draft positioning, but they're really just resting a lot of their dudes as well because you know, maybe they have a seed locked up or maybe they don't really care that much a seed or two down. And then you got the teams, you know, in that seven to 10 range now, because they have the playing games that are probably actually trying, putting, putting their best foot forward, trying to compete. But even some of those teams, I feel like bench guys too, weirdly. So NFL is, the NBA is tough right now. They, so many dudes are benched or on COVID protocols or it just, it's kind of, it was kind of a nightmare to play fantasy basketball this year because it was just basically any skill of playing fantasy kind of went out the window because you just hoped that your guys played because you just, you didn't know, you didn't know if, uh, you know, if you had three guys from the same team and then, Oh, you know, they're all sitting out for two weeks because of COVID protocol. Then, well, you just probably lost that week or the next couple weeks. So a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Really frustrating. I'm hoping next year it's not quite this bad, but these NBA players are getting pretty pretty comfortable and pretty now i don't want to say they don't have work ethics because i get you know saving yourself for the playoffs or i get not wanting to do too much to get hurt but at the same time man i mean you play basketball as a career and you get paid millions of dollars like why not just play i i don't i don't know i get if your team's benching you because you're tanking i mean i understand but these guys that are sitting out randomly for all sorts of stuff, you're thinking, man, you get to play basketball for a living. I, wouldn't you, don't you want to play? I mean, I just, I feel like a lot of guys are just there for paychecks at this point. Don't really want to play. So it's, it's sad to see. I'm hoping that things turn around, but it's become so player friendly and just give the players everything they want and just bow down to them, worship them. They're gods, basically. They're, you know, a player wants to get traded. Oh, they get traded to whatever team they want because they're gods and they make the rules now. So, uh, I don't know. As someone who's a fan of the sport, it's a bit frustrating. I mean, if I was a player, maybe I'm sure I'd be happy to have the leverage that I could to sit out when I wanted or get traded to the team I wanted or just, you know, be like Kyrie Irving and just, eh, I, don't want, I don't feel like playing. I'm going to stay home for a little while. I mean, gosh, I wish I could, you know, do that for my job. But uh, can't really, can't really do that, so... Don't love the mentality in basketball these days. But that is a story and a conversation for another time because we are moving on to the NFL, which still remains the best sport 
in all of America, at least. I think it's the best sport in the world. I know soccer technically is the best sport in the world. But football, I think, is just so, so incredible. Absolutely love it. Huge fan. All right, a couple of big stories this week. Teddy Bridgewater gets traded to the Broncos for a six-round pick. I think that's a bit of a steal. Six-round pick isn't really much. You get a starting caliber quarterback. Again, the Broncos have Drew Locke, but they're not a huge fan of Drew Locke, so I'm sure it's kind of the light of fire under Drew Locke as well as, hey, maybe they end up starting Teddy B. I mean, Teddy B's not terrible. I, I do like him. I think he could start over Drew Locke. I wouldn't be surprised if he started over Drew Locke early on. And again, I'm not a big believer in Drew Locke at this point. So I think it's a, I think it's a solid move. It's really a low-risk move. Six-round pick. No big deal. I like it. The Buccaneers continue just to re-sign everyone. They're the first NFL team ever to re-sign everybody. They were able to restructure Cameron Bray's contract. They were able to re-sign Antonio Brown for $3.1 million. Incentives could take it up to about 6.2. And again, nowhere else, nobody else was going to sign Antonio Brown, let's be real. He has burned too many bridges. The only person that he's really trusted with is Tom Brady. So good for him. Gets a few million. Gets to try to go compete for another championship. Probably not the money that he would love. But, I mean, at this point, he's probably lucky just to be in the NFL at all based on all that stuff that went down in the past with him. That guy's had some wild stuff going going on to his own, you know, his own chagrin or sort of his own he's he created it he created the very mess that he he lives in interesting world lamar jackson his fifth year option gets picked up no surprise there i'm sure a contract extension is coming at some point again lamar did regress as a passer as a rusher he's amazing i mean he, the dude broke the single season record for most rushing yards in a year over 1200 ran for over a thousand last year i mean the guy's sensational as a runner but has shown and I don't know if it's – we'll see if it's coaching because I know they fired their their quarterback's coach recently who, uh, based on his his sort of past, I was surprised that he even was still coaching. He was not not good. I think they also fired their offensive coordinator as well. So hopefully a new offensive coordinator who's a little bit more recognized, more – just has you know better results along with them drafting a receiver to pair with Marquise Brown. Maybe maybe they can you know salvage his passing game. We'll see. Baker Mayfield also gets his also gets his fifth year option picked up. No surprise there. Again, I don't think they're ready yet to give Baker a big contract because he just hasn't earned it yet. He's had two good years out of the four, two really bad years, and he's the quarterback that looks like he needs a lot of help. He's not one of those quarterbacks that can really carry the team. He needs a strong running game, which they have, a strong offensive line because he's not very athletic or very tall or have a very big arm, and you need good receivers and a good defense. So he has all the setup to be successful, which is surprising because usually the Browns can't really manage that, but they, they did manage to put a nice team around him. But again, I don't I think I think it's wise to hold off for another year to wait and see. You know, they they don't want to put that ring on him quite yet. Again, we, we see how these quarterbacks, if you overpay him, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a prime example of a dude who is just uh oh, you know, thirty million cap hit for the Niners right now and they're they might not even be able to get rid of them they're gonna have to take such you know a low return on that might not even be worth it but gosh to get that money off the books you may have to so it's it's really tough to recover from well first of all it's it's, it's rough to even pay a quarterback at all and expect to win I and mean, we see we saw these quarterbacks that win early Big Ben Russell Wilson right they win early 
Jared Goff. They win early, and then you got to pay him, and then all of a sudden they don't sniff the playoffs or sniff championships for a long time because it's just the amount of money that a quarterback takes up. You can't really spend much elsewhere. You have to draft phenomenal. And not a lot of teams are really good at that. So you try to get that quarterback on the rookie deal, and you try to win as many as you can, and then you hope they're good enough to where you'll sign them, and then maybe you can squeak out another Super Bowl winner too. If you're lucky and everything kind of hits right for you, then maybe you pull it off. So, again, yeah, it's wise to hold off on paying Baker. You got to you know know what you're getting. Sean Lee retires, middle linebacker for the Cowboys for many years. He was 34. Again, he had the injuries, kind of just keep racking him up. He was one of those guys, though, that was really well-known, really a leader on defense, one of those dudes who just knew the game really well, super smart, great leader. He is uh, He's retiring, too many injuries. And he's not 34. I mean, again, that's a pretty, pretty dang long career for an NFL player, honestly. They don't, they don't last super long. So if you can play over five years in the NFL, I mean, you should be happy because that's that's impressive. Julio Jones potentially being dealt. The Raiders made a deal. A couple other teams made a deal. I personally would trade him if it were me. I know that the Falcons kind of are still in win-now mode, but you have Calvin Ridley. You have Hayden Hurst. You just drafted Kyle Pitts. Julio Jones, to me, and I've been saying this for about two, three years, I never drafted him in fantasy, honestly. He, you just never know when he's going to play. He's pretty much always hurt. Every single week has some sort of injury. You don't know if mid-game he'll get hurt and be out for the rest of the game. That's happened many a times. You know, again, he'll have one or two monster, you know, 200-yard games that where everyone's salivating and going, oh, my gosh, he's the best ever. And then the rest of his games, he's, you know, maybe gets lucky, has a game here or there, gets 100 yards. But other than that, I mean, he's, he's hurt, not available. So, again, if part of being valuable is being available. I don't think he's available much anymore. I'd trade him. I think you can get a lot of good return for him still. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would trade him. Orlando Brown gets traded to the Chiefs. Looks like they traded Orlando Brown. They traded the 58th pick this year. They traded a 2022 sixth round pick. They got the. I'm sorry. They traded away. They traded away the 31st pick in the draft. 2021st, which is this year, third and fourth, and a 2022 fifth for Orlando Brown. 58th pick, and a 2022 sixth round pick. So great move from the Chiefs. Again, we saw their offensive line get just absolutely demolished in the Super Bowl. They really needed to shore up that position, and that's exactly what they did with this trading, getting Orlando Brown a Pro Bowl excellent tackle to protect Patrick Mahomes. And even you know Patrick Mahomes is a pretty a guy who can escape a lot, but he can't he couldn't escape that couldn't escape that defensive line of the Buccaneers. They needed a and we all saw that. We all watched it and were amazed that he even made some of the throws he did because he was throwing off platform or diving into the sidelines trying to get passes off because that line just could not protect him to save his life. So great move from the Chiefs. And, man, Aaron Rodgers creating some some early draft stir, basically saying he wanted to be traded to the Niners or the Broncos were two of the teams he wanted to go to. And wow, I so I'm someone who's not by my phone very often. I have a flip phone, so when I'm on the go, and not and away from home or away from a place with Wi-Fi, you know that's how I get my news from. Or and I don't I don't really get my news at all on the flip phone, but that's what I use if you want to get a hold of me. And I do have a smartphone, so if I'm 
at home or if there's Wi-Fi, then I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll use that. You know, I'm not so, I'm not so minimalist and so anti being tracked that I'm not willing to use it. I'll still use a smartphone on Wi-Fi. Why not? I'll still use some apps. I'll still use the camera. I'll still, you know, I got an Instagram. I got those things. Not because I really want to have them more so just because it, it promotes my pod. It promotes my YouTube channel. If I could just hand that off to somebody else in the future and say, hey, you handle all my social media stuff. I don't even want to bother with it. I would be more than happy to do that. And I plan on doing that in the future when I'm uh, making a lot more money from podcasting, from YouTube channels, and from my investments. I hope to be able to pass that off to somebody because those of you who listen to my pods for a while, you know that I'm not a huge social media fan. I think it's not only designed to be incredibly addicting to the point, to an unhealthy level, but it also creates, I don't want to go off too much of a tangent here. I know you're here for sports, but just quickly I'll say that uh, it definitely creates a lot of envy because you see the best moments of everyone's lives. You don't see any of the crap that they're going through. You don't see the the depression, the anxiety, the broken hearts. All you see is a bunch of people smiling at a theme park or at a park somewhere or a lake. And for all you know, the moment before that photo was taken, everyone was really unhappy and pissed off. And then they all said, oh, camera. And they all smiled and tried to look as happy as can be and like they're having such a great time. And then as soon as that camera went off and then they're back to their normal lives, maybe they're all like, wow, this sucks. I can't believe I'm here. Like for all you know, that could be like people pose for photos and, and look really happy. And maybe they're not. Maybe they're not at all. Maybe they're miserable. You wouldn't know. So I think social media can be harmful in that way because we just see everyone's best moments. We never see any of the other stuff. And so you just kind of assume that everyone's got such a great life and they're all so happy all the time when really that's not the case. It's kind of a false reality. So we creates a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of studies done on social media usage and how it leads to a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety because you just think everyone's life is so great. And then you think your life sucks in comparison and you get real sad and depressed. And that's why, yeah. And then of course, just the, man, the sort of dopamine hits you get when you get a like on your post. I mean, it's almost impossible to stop yourself from going and looking when you get a notification that you get a like, because it's designed to just hit those dopamine stores in your brain just to keep you coming back for more. Oh, I got enough. I got a like, I gotta go check it out. Oh, I got another like, and it just keeps you like on edge all day. Just so distracted and so every time a notification pops up on your phone that you got to like you got to go you got to go to it even if you're mid conversation with somebody you got to go check it so it's it's uh, again studies are done on people and how they literally get so distracted and you can't you almost can't not check your phone if you get a notification it's creates so much stress in people that they'll have them doing another activity and then a notification goes on their phone and they literally can't focus on that activity anymore until they, they, they compulsively have to go check the phone. This is what it's doing to us people. This is not good. I would, again, social media, I'm on it because I have to be for this kind of stuff, but wouldn't advise any, I'd advise anybody else. If you can stay away from it. Not only that, people are getting all their news from social media and social media platforms are the most censored platforms that we have in today's world. So if you want to go to a place where, you know you're only going to get one side to every story. Social media is the place to be. So, And they'll also tailor your feed to exactly what you want to hear. So you'll never get the other side because the algorithms are going to say, nope, we want you, uh, we want you on this platform, so we're going to just 
get, feed you everything you want to hear and nothing else. So, yeah, social media is 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 evil, honestly. I really think so. Back to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Sorry for that side tangent. Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded. Now, again, I don't think he really thought realistically he's going to get traded. And, again, the, the Packers pretty much shot down all the offers. The Niners and Broncos made offers. Packers shot him down immediately. I think this was Aaron Rodgers sending a message to the Packers saying, you better not screw this draft up. I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to bounce. You drafted Jordan Love last year. Waste of a first-round pick. Wasting a rookie contract. I just won MVP. I just threw almost 50 touchdown passes. I lost the NFC Championship game. We lost to the Super Bowl champion. You better not be drafting some long-term projects. And so I think the timing of this was on purpose. To scare the Packers into making sure they didn't make a stupid draft pick like the Jordan Love pick, which looks really dumb right now. If Jordan Love turns out to be a great quarterback, then I guess, you know, in the same way they had Favre and drafted Rodgers and Rodgers sat for a couple of years, you know, maybe maybe in a few years I'm I'm biting my tongue and saying, wow, I was totally wrong. Jordan Love's amazing. Great, smart, savvy move by the Packers. Could totally be true. As for now, looks bad. Looks real bad. So, again, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. I think this was just a ploy to... Again, light a fire under the Packers to make sure they weren't uh, any funny business. All right, the draft picks. Let's just go over the major ones. Obviously, we had Trevor Lawrence go number one. Again, I mean, this was not something that was very surprising. They had already given him the playbook. They had already was working with the Jacksonville community in some regards. So obviously, this was already going to happen. Again, this guy, you know, he's a winner. 38-2 and two career record. It's pretty amazing. 6'6", 216, he's got size. His arm isn't amazing from what I've seen and heard, but it's really good. So he's not Aaron Rodgers' arm, but it's it's really solid. He's a leader. He creates on his own. I mean, what else? I don't know what else you say. He's he's basically like Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning with the success he's had in college, the, the level of, you know, how he's being touted. It's kind of along those two. Those two guys are good comparisons, I think, for him. So I have no doubt that he'll be a solid NFL quarterback. No doubt. Zach Wilson, on the other hand, who went number two to the Jets, I think has a little bit more of that. We'll see. Because his first two years weren't that great. Last year, he did great. Led the Cougars to 11-1 record. 33 TDs to three picks. But the BYU... Cougars had the one of the easiest schedules, easiest schedules. We all know the whole with everything going on with the virus. You know, a lot of players opted out and didn't even play at all this year. So I think we're going to see a ton of busts in this draft, a ton of them, because dudes literally haven't played for a year, sometimes longer. So they the the schedule was so easy. So the you have to kind of throw a lot of these stats out because. The teams these these guys played were just it was so different than a regular year. They did not play nearly the same level of competition that they would have in any other year. So I think there's a lot of risk here with Zach Wilson. I'm actually not a huge fan. You know, 6'2, 214, so it's decent size. That's not that's solid, you know, it's better than Drew Brees being only six foot, a couple more inches. But 
I think two, you know, decent years, but not great. A third year that's totally overblown. Mm, I'm I'm a little worried about this one. And it's the Jets. I mean, it's the Jets. So, enough said there. The Niners, with the first surprise in the draft, take Trey Lance at number three. This was a pick that I know you're going to say, Tim, you, whatever, dude. I don't believe you. I actually was pretty confident they were going to take Trey Lance here even before because it I thought about this the Niners gave up two future firsts and I think another pick to move up to number three and as we saw by the Mac Jones slide Mac Jones wasn't super well regarded by a lot of teams because he doesn't have the the rushing ability at all and he only played for a year basically but you, you don't trade two first round picks and more to get a guy who's not that highly touted, who was probably going to slide anyway, who, you know, like why would it just didn't didn't make any sense that you would trade that much? Like they could have waited and gotten Mac Jones. Obviously, later Mac Jones was never highly touted, so it didn't make any sense for them to go with Mac Jones in the first place at all. So not really surprised by this pick at all. Again, Trey is a bit of a project, but there's something in my gut that says that he's going to be good. I don't know what it is. I'm just trusting it. Again, he's still a bit of a project. Definitely has like the rushing prowess, but doesn't, you know, he needs a lot more time as a passer. He, uh, you know, was able to could call protections at the line of scrimmage. So that's something that's more of an, a little bit more advanced kind of thing than a lot of college players are doing. But he's still, a lot of his, you know, playing was a lot of one read type looks to open receivers. So, Again, he, he his deep ball wasn't very accurate. It's a bit of a project here, but something in my gut says this guy's going to be good. 6'4", 224. He obviously has the rushing ability already. That's a given. I mean, I don't know. I, I, there's something in my gut that says Trey Lance is going to work. I might even like him more than I like Zach Wilson, to be honest. All right. Kyle Pitts, no surprise, getting taken by the Falcons at number four. Again, I sort of thought, if I'm the Falcons, yeah, my offense is good. My defense sucks. It sucked for so long. I might consider blowing it up. I might consider it. But Matt Ryan's still playing well. Still has a couple couple good years left. Again, you have a good offense with Julio and Ridley and Hayden Hurst. So it makes sense. Kyle Pitts, obviously the top overall tight end prospect. You know, 4-4 four, four speed. 6'6", 245. We've seen the impact these tight ends are making in the league. These, you know, the Darren Waller, the George Kittle, the Travis Kelsey, right? We're seeing these dominant tight ends come into play and being super valuable. So not a bad pick. I don't mind it. Again, I would have maybe considered blowing things up because I don't think they're going to have a good enough team to compete really to actually win a Super Bowl unless they just draft amazing on defense here and sign some more defensive free agents. But I would, I would consider blowing it up. But I guess the way I thought about it, too, was you're essentially, you could have gotten Justin Fields or Mac Jones at this point. Is it worth blowing up your franchise for those two guys? I'd say no. I'm not a huge Justin Fields fan. I think Mac Jones could be good in the right situation. But he's still pretty risky. So I get them not wanting to blow everything up for one of them. I think if they would have gotten their hands on a Trey Lance, Wilson, or Trevor, I think they potentially could have blown things up taking one of those quarterbacks but they didn't get out of those three i get it 
Kyle Pitts, very, very safe pick, very dynamic player. Why not? Love it. Jamar Chase to the Bengals. This one originally I was not super happy about because I thought, man, Burrow, you need linemen, bruh. You saw, we saw him getting just pressured constantly with the Bengals running for his life. We saw the play where his offensive lineman got pushed into him and then he tore his ACL. So if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm thinking, man, you guys better draft linemen. However, apparently this draft is a pretty deep O-lineman-wise. So the thought is that they're going to draft linemen later on in the draft and get good value. So if that's the case and they do well with that, then I'm okay with this pick. Obviously, Jamar Chase is pretty much one of the most well-regarded receivers kind of in that Calvin Johnson territory as far as how they're regarded. So obviously this guy could end up being an absolute stud based on every, you know, he's breaking all these these numbers as far as speed and all the metrics and stuff. So, and he was obviously played for Joe, played with Joe Burrow in the past. So it's always nice to pair those guys up if you can. So the guy could end up being a total complete stud. In which case, you know, I get it. But again, I kind of want to go with a lineman. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't mind it. It's, it's a solid pick, I think. But they better draft linemen well later. I, I'll say this time and time again, but linemen to me, if I'm if I'm a scout, if I'm a GM, linemen win championships. If we look back at the last 10, 15 championships, you'll see consistently that teams with solid offensive lines with multiple pro bowlers are the teams that win championships. We see this time and time again. You don't win championships with star-studded, well-paid receivers. You don't win championships with star-studded, well-paid running backs. You don't win championships with you don't win championships with that. You win it with Pro Bowl offensive linemen, cheap running backs, cheap receivers, hopefully either a cheap quarterback on their rookie deal, or you can still win with a veteran quarterback who's being paid. But everything else has to be really good. Obviously, like the Bucks, for example, right? You have to draft super, super well. You have to get a lot of guys to take pay cuts. You got to put people on franchise tags like they did with Chris Godwin. You got to, because they've drafted so well, the Bucks. Oh my gosh. And again, you have to draft well if you have a quarterback that's highly paid. And Tom Brady's pretty highly paid, although he did restructure his contract to free up some cap space this year, which is always smart. Linemen win championships. They're not the sexy picks. The linemen, linemen, and then quarterbacks. Certain level of quarterbacks can win even with poor offensive linemen. I will say that. So I will still say that the quarterback is more valuable than offensive linemen. But I think offensive linemen is number two. You got to be able to protect your quarterback or, or, or you end up like Joe Burrow. You end up like Andrew Luck, who Andrew Luck could have ended up as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time had he just gotten protection. But the Colts could never manage to give him protection. He got beat up, injured so often, they ended up retiring. He was so sick of it. So, man. Again, and we see too with the running backs, any team that pays their running back is just you're guaranteed to be mediocre. I'm sorry. It's the only circumstance I could see that it's okay to pay a running back is if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal for a couple of years, or you've got a quarterback who's at the end of his rope, who maybe you only have a year or two left with him, and maybe you're kind of going all in, and you know he's a bit older, he needs more support. Okay, that's when maybe you you pay a running back for a couple years, you know, a la an Alvin Kamara, with Drew Brees, that kind of thing. But teams like the Panthers who paid McCaffrey all that money, teams like the Cowboys who played Zeke Elliott all that money, teams like the Jets who paid Le'Veon Bell all that money, 
you just don't do well. It's just a, it's a position that you just can't spend much on. It's not worth it. The the Raiders need to trade away Josh Jacobs as soon as he's off his rookie deal. You just you cannot pay these dudes. They unless they're like the elite of the elite. I'm talking Barry Sanders, you know, even Derrick Henry, who's probably the best running back in the NFL right now. Even him, I probably wouldn't have paid him. I and again, they made some runs, right? They made it to the AFC Championship game. So it's not like you still can't have success. But again, you see the Super Bowl teams. None of the Super Bowl winning teams have high-paid running backs at all. They're all just the James Whites, the Kevin Falks, the LeGarrette Blounts, the, gosh, just no-name dudes, the Damian Harrises, the, yeah. So you got to get your quarterback. You got to get your linemen. Get some good defensive linemen, hopefully, to pressure their quarterback, a la the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. And then fill out everything else. Everything else is cake at that point. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to have a good D. I will say that. Because we see the Raiders, who have Derek Carr, who's pretty decent, and they have decent offense. And they their defense is bad year in and year out. So, and that's that hurts them a lot. They kind of can't get out of it. So, yeah. Quarterback, O-line, defense. Everything else kind of cake after that. All right, Lions smartly took Penne Sewell, the seventh overall pick in the draft. Again, this guy, 6'5", 331 pounds, absolute stud, top run blocker, great pass blocker. They didn't even have to think twice about this pick. Again, Lions, you got to protect Goff. These linemen, I'm telling you, they, 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 win, they win championships, these linemen. So the dude's only 20 years old, crazy. Other notable guys that I want to talk about. Let me take a peek here. I'm not going to talk about all the draft picks because I don't know a ton about all of them, but I do wanted to touch on a few of them. So another guy I wanted to touch on was Devontae Smith. The Eagles traded up to get him at number 10. He won the Heisman Trophy. Had a pretty solid year last year, but again, you kind of got to... These stats are so inflated. 117 receptions, almost 2,000 yards, 23 touchdown catches. So an amazing senior year. And got better every year. But again, these stats are just so, so inflated. It's just so hard for me to take them seriously. I just, uh, man, I don't know. But they obviously took Jalen Rager last year, which Mike Zimmer famously laughed at, and then took Justin Jefferson. So again, this is one of those teams where I, I don't trust them. I, I would, I, a part of, for me, picking who's going to work out and who's not, Honestly, part of it has to do with the team that's picking them. There are teams I trust that make good picks, teams I do not trust that don't make good picks. The Eagles are a team I do not trust. They have not drafted a Pro Bowl player in five, six years. It's been bad. So I'm a little worried about this pick. He's a bit of, he's a bit of a shorter guy. Again, numbers are pretty crazy inflated because of just the year we had, the lack of elite talent playing for various different schools and just the lack of playing schools at all. So they needed help at receiver. I'll give them that. I'm lower about that pick though. I'm going to be honest. Uh, another big pick that was interesting was the bears trading up with the giants to get Justin Fields at number 11. So looks like Andy Dalton will not be a starter for long. I'm sure he'll start a couple games early on, but it's not going to be long before Justin Fields is starting for the Chicago bears. It won't be, won't be long at all. 
I'm a little worried about Justin Fields. I'm not going to lie. The Ohio State quarterbacks do not have a good pedigree. They have really failed mostly in the NFL. So I'm a little worried. I don't I don't love him. Again, it's probably worth it for the Bears. If I was the Bears, I might have done the same. Just just because, you know, if he does hit, I mean, that's nice. That's real nice. So I get the move. Again, they traded away their 20th pick. They traded away a 2021 fifth rounder. They traded away a first and fourth round pick in 2022. So it wasn't a time. I mean, giving it that first round in 2022, that's that's a bit that's a bit of a big one. But overall, I wouldn't say it's too drastic just to take a shot on him. So I, I, I like the move, actually. Again, I'm not a big Justin Fields fan. I'd pick him to finish probably fourth out of those quarterbacks drafted so far. But I think that sometimes you can take a shot and see what you got because you never know. You might, not, you might have the next Patrick Mahomes on your hands. Who knows? All right, other notable ones. Again, I love the Chargers going with an offensive lineman. I know Justin Herbert was screaming for an offensive lineman, and he is smart to do so because what I said before, offensive linemen win championships, people. And if I'm a quarterback, hell yeah. I want my offensive line to be strong. Give me a lot of time to throw back there. Give my, give my running backs just giant holes to run through. And I can make a lot of different receivers look real dang good if I got five seconds to throw in the pocket. So... Love that they went with Rashawn Slater, number 13. I, man, love that. Super athletic dude. Excited about that pick for, for him. Another pick that I thought was super interesting was, and I actually called it, was the Patriots taking Mac Jones. I thought this was a super obvious pick. The Patriots obviously have one glaring hole. That's quarterback. We all know Cam Newton is done. His career is done. He is basically a backup that can maybe win you a game or two, but lucky if that at all. So again, Bill Belichick has a lot of experience working with non-mobile quarterbacks, which is what Mac Jones is. So again, I'm Mac Jones stats this this last year, I'm gonna throw him out the window. Yeah, 77% of his passes, great. 41 to 4 TD interception ratio, great. Again, who did you play? How many pro players sat out this year? How many teams did you actually play that were good? Not many. So kind of throwing that out the window. I think those stats are kind of trash. But, you know, he's a guy who's playing NFL offense who doesn't have a great arm, but seems to process information super well, has good understanding of defensive coverages, very pro-ready. Again, this is just the type of quarterback that Bill Belichick likes, likes to work with. He liked working with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's of the same mold. Tom Brady, of course, uses the same mold. This is the kind of guy that that Bill Belichick likes. So I think this was just an obvious, obvious pick. And it's nice they didn't have to trade down to get him. So it worked out super, super well for them. The Raiders, of course, making another blunder. They took Alex Leatherwood with the 17th overall pick, which analysts had going late second round. So again, not that drafting the guy is bad. I mean, if you really like a guy, that's great. But why not trade back? Why not trade back, get a few more picks, still get the same guy? Don't know why the Raiders, they do this every year pretty much where they'll draft, oh, they'll overdraft a guy who they could have gotten way later. They could have traded back. Again, they seem to fall in love with players when... As a GM, you need to fall in like with players because you got to be able to move on and you can't be so emotionally attached that you can't move on when you need to. So you kind of have to keep a little bit of that distance. The Raiders just seem to fall in love with dudes and they'll just take them no matter what, wherever pick, doesn't matter. And it's just, man, you, you got to have the smarts to just know, hey, we can trade back. We can get this guy 20, 30 picks from now. Why not trade back 10 to 15 spots? Still probably get them. And it gets some more draft picks for this year or following years. I, I don't understand. The Raiders, 
It's a bit of a head-scratcher once again. Other notable guys. Who's my other notable guys in this draft? Other notable guys? I will say this about Najee Harris from the Steelers. Usually I'm not a fan of drafting running backs in the first round. Late, late first round I'm okay with. Early first round, never, 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 never. They're not worth it. This is one situation in which I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, because the Pittsburgh Steelers have a great defense. They have Big Ben at quarterback. Their offensive line is, is good, not great. They have weapons on offense. They really, their glaring hole was running back. They literally don't have a running back at all. Nobody. So if there's any team, I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. He's on a rookie deal. That's your one glaring hole. You're a team that just got to the playoffs. So it's not like you're a dumpster fire looking to rebuild. You're actually a team that can compete. You have a quarterback that can win now. You have weapons that can win now. You have a defense that can now. I'm okay with it. I get it. You got one glaring hole. You addressed it. You're still a contender. Totally get it. Fine with it. The other running back that got taken, Travis Edenine, got taken by the Jaguars, who apparently was a, you know, played with Mr. Trevor Lawrence, so they kind of had the connection there. Don't love that pick, but that's more so just my fantasy side talking because obviously now James Robinson, who was an undrafted guy, who won people a lot of fantasy games last year, getting him, you know, being able to pick him off off waivers. Probably going to have a lot more competition now. So not in love with that. Uh, the Ravens take Rashad Bateman, number 27th overall. They needed a receiver. They had Marquise Brown, but Marquise Brown really slumped most of last year. Uh, again, they have Mark Andrews at tight end, but he was banged up a bit. Uh, they needed another receiver just to give Lamar Jackson a little bit more of a chance. Again, they fired the offensive coordinator this year, the Ravens, and got a new one. So I think that should help Lamar. Because obviously his passing game regressed with the offensive coordinator they had before. So, again, they needed something to hopefully boost Lamar Jackson. So, again, totally fine with the move. Late first round, receiver, totally fine. And, of course, the Packers. That was an intriguing one. What are they going to do, right? Rodgers lit a fire under them pre-draft. They take Eric Stokes with the 29th overall pick. So, they take kind of a big safety, uh, athletic guy. Actually, no, he's sorry, he's small. He's a bit frail. For the position is what is what it says. So super fast though, 4.28 40-yard dash. That's incredibly fast. I feel like that's more of kind of a safety, right? You'd want your safeties to be faster, but I guess not. No, you want your corners to be faster. I shouldn't say that. I probably sound like a fool saying that's why cornerbacks later on in their career when they slow down they they become safeties. So yes, you want your corners fast because they got to be able to cover uh, those deep those deep posts if they want to. If you want to go one on one, you got to be able to cover the deep routes and you got to be able to run with some of these elite speed receiver so with that fast cornerback so he'll struggle against big guys but he'll he'll definitely stop him from getting deep that's for sure and yeah honestly the last pick i'll go over is the bucks getting another defensive end joe tryon the number 32 overall 65 259 man i mean it was interesting what were they going to do they're stacked everywhere shoot why not get another defensive end get another you know a guy that can Plug in there, play some rotational minutes. Awesome. Love it. All right, so that's NFL Draft. I'm looking forward to day two. I'm excited for that. I'm going to be recording that and watching over that. Because i got to get prepped for my Dynasty Draft. All right, because i got some picks. Last year I drafted Michael Pittman. That's working out real well. I think he's going to be the number one receiver for the Colts here pretty soon. Excited about that. 
But I'm, I got more picks to make this year, so I'm excited. As far as NBA news, the only thing I really wanted to cover was Kevin Porter Jr., who you probably never heard of, dropped 50 points tonight and 11 assists for the Rockets. He's really good. He was actually drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, had a couple off-court incidents, and they traded him for nothing. And I remember thinking, Cleveland, what are you doing? This guy's a baller. And you trade him for nothing just because he has a couple off- I mean, the dude's, what, 21? I mean, come on. Young people make mistakes all the time. Why would you trade him for nothing? Now he's balling for the Rockets, absolutely balling out. Just, ah, man. Sometimes these GMs, you're like, I get it. You don't want the distraction. The off-court stuff, it's a big deal. But can we can we give a little bit of, you know, patience with some of these young guys? These, these dudes are so young. Give them, give them a little bit of a break. I mean, it's not like you're trying to win now by any means, Cleveland. I mean, you still suck. And now you just lost Kevin Porter Jr., who's looking like a stud. So, ah, foolish, foolish move by the Buccaneers. But that is all I have for you today in the sports world. Super excited for tomorrow's NFL draft. Super pumped for the week ahead. Yes, I love the NFL. Love it, love it, love it. Again, thank you for listening, guys. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Turn your notifications on so you never miss one. And if you're a sports guy and you want to be on a sports pod with me, let me know. I'd love to bring someone else on and pick their brain, go back and forth on some sports discussions because I do love talking my sports with my boys. So, And girls, too. Girls, too. I know girls know sports, so I want to shout that out. I am very tired. It's very late at night, so I will be signing off. But again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next pod.